Hi gang, you got Jake here from Ghostly Activities, and on today's episode, I'd like to talk about why I stopped doing residential paranormal investigations, or ghost hunting at someone's house. <laughs> so I did stop doing private investigations a few years back. I've had a few too many bad experiences, and here, here's why I, I'll skip out on a private residence. But first off, most people are very nice and welcoming to paranormal investigators. But it just takes a few bad actors. And I got three stories to tell, tell you about a little bit later in this episode. But first things first, the living are more dangerous than the dead. So I don't fear the dead. Ghosts are pretty weak entities when you think about it. They can barely create an audible sound. Ghosts can't monster more physical activity than knocking a book off a shelf. And occasionally you'll see one in a hallway and you can walk right through them. So it's not the dead I worry about, it's those pesky living humans at the haunt. And there's three reasons why I think that people dupe ghost hunters. First is, this is going to be a little controversial, um, it's mental illness or a drug problem, and they believe ghost spirits and evil entities are haunting them. They're also, number two, cr criminals. Uh, they look to rob you or worse. And number three is the paranormal enthusiast looking to be entertained. Or they're just lonely and want someone to talk to. I find this to be a pretty common case too. But with mental illness, I'm not a trained social worker or psychiatrist, right? But I can tell when something's not right with someone. And superficially, a lot of haunting signs could sound like someone may have a mental illness. You see and hear things talking to you. You see things moving around your house. So you need to ask about the details of their experience. They change their story often, or if their speaking style swerves all over the place, and it's like an emotional roller coaster too here, folks. Not everyone can think in a linear fashion. Um, but really, they can't string it together. Then they may not be stable, or they may be on drugs. So you need to go. Next up, criminals. This hasn't happened to me. I've had an experience where I, I don't, we might call it criminal, um, but I've had friends get held up at a house. And as soon as they walked in, they got locked in and they demanded, they being the client in quotes, demanded money, say, hey, you can't ghost hunt here unless you pay us for it. They got held by gunpoint and then their gear and car got stolen. So I don't think I need to tell you more about this. You should be wary of your location as any young lady is with a guy she meets through a dating app. Have contingency plans. Your physical safety, far more important than a class A EVP people. Okay. Just because it's a seductive haunt at someone's house doesn't mean you need to do it. Okay. Next up. This one happens a lot to me. <laughs> it's entertainment. Uh, this one really gets my goat. So I've been on investigations where the client and all their best friends pull up chairs and watch us investigate. They ask nonstop questions about the shows, insist that they are ghost bait, and then you get compared to Zach Bagans and Jason Hawes and whoever else is their paranormal idol. And once this happens, I just pack up and go. Slam the door shut on the way out. I'm not that rude. 
Now, a couple of things to know is what you see on the paranormal shows, because a lot of them were doing private residences. Now it seems more like they're focused on businesses and public places. Um, but what you see on TV shows, well, they're made by production studios and the networks. They have legal teams and producers that do extensive background checks. They can tell if a prospective location has unstable people living in it, right? They've got the whole history, legal stuff. And us amateur investigators, we don't really have options to do that. So you can probably tell the most blatant things. If someone has a mental illness or a drug habit or violent tendencies, but the bulk of these red flags are more noticeable when you get to the location and then it's a bit too late. So that's, that's something to know. They've got, the shows have a team of people that will protect the cast and crew. Now, why? I have three experiences um, that just turned me off to investigating private residences. Now, I, I will say it's ebbed and flowed. I have done private residences after these investigations, but I got to tell you for the past, like from 2020 on, just no, just no. So first off is the Chicago ghost hunt, I'll call it. Um, and I dealt with mental illness. So it's back in 2009. I'm with my ghost hunting BFF partner at the time. And we get invited to a nice elderly lady's three-story home to check for ghosts. And she lived in the Bridgeport neighborhood. This is on the south side of Chicago, not far from where the White Sox play. And she was just talking about how she thought something lurked in the shadows behind the curtains. She never could prove what it was. So uh, she was a friend of a friend a family friend of um, one of my co-workers. So the lady goes to bingo at the church. And so we had the house to ourselves for about three hours. We're about an hour into it, and I go up to the second floor, and my BFF is on the first floor when I heard a scream and a door slam shut. So I run downstairs, and I can hear the scream coming from a big walking like coat closet thing. And it turns out the lady had an adult son hiding in it. And he grabbed Celine and he was fondling her. So the police came quickly, you know, 911. Celine got away. She punched the guy, scratched his face. And then, you know, the neighbor lady comes, the elderly lady that lesson comes moseying up and then starts talking about her son's mental health struggles. We should have known. The son was going to be there. We, we did not ask. This was our rookie mistake. If there was going to be anyone else in the house, I don't know if she would have answered that. But next uh, deals with some violence. I guess we could, this is the one I would call, I don't know, somewhat criminal. And this one happened in Bremerton, Washington. Um, and it's 2018. So I go to a ghost hunt suburb of Seattle, Um that's where a big Navy base is. And it was kind of odd that the client wanted the walkthrough and investigation to happen on one night. Usually you want to separate this stuff so you can review the walkthrough stuff and have a better idea of what, what could be causing activity. And the client seemed pretty nervous about the whole ghost hunting thing. And she insisted um, on telling the caseworker about her life. So I, I went with another team in this case. And first, I'm just thinking, oh, this lady must be lonely, something like that. 
Um, and so we do the ghost hunt and we, and we really didn't get anything. It's about, I don't know, it's after midnight, it's like one in the morning. And her neighbor, next door neighbor, showed up with an AR-15. And he didn't like the strangers snooping around our client's house. So he turned and he fired off about 30 rounds of his rifle into the bushes, the forest behind the house. And we had to go. Um, I don't know exactly why he insisted on protecting his neighbor, but mm, let me tell you. And the third story deals with entertainment in Auburn. Again, this is a suburb of, of Seattle. In this case, I go to the small home in the hills around Auburn, Washington. Um, another ghost hunting team had vetted the client, so I was feeling pretty good about a cozy investigation. You know, just a little house, something nearby, didn't require a full team. And the client and his wife talked about seeing apparitions walking down the hallway and sitting in their kitchen. So as I got out my ghost hunting gadgets, they popped in some popcorn in the microwave. And I thought it was odd. I'm like, oh, are they going to make us a snack or something? Or I guess they're going to go for a drive and let's have the place for a few hours. Uh, but no, they were excited to see how real ghost hunters do it. And they wanted to compare what we were doing with all the shows. And he told me they had nowhere to go. Um, he was telling me which gadgets I should be using and how his favorite celebrity ghost hunter would do things this way. So I just packed up my stuff and walked out. Mm. So my parting advice for ghost hunters out there is, um, I'd say probably less than 10% of my residential cases have gone the way that I've described them. And usually there's never really violence. There's, I would say, unstable people and more entertainment nowadays. But I'm at the age and my tolerance for bullshittery is about nil. And also, this isn't worth your safety and well-being. So a couple of things I would say consider before taking on a residential investigation. Always do a home visit before the investigation. You could do a, a walkthrough, you know, in the morning, afternoon coffee with the client, something like that. But check it out before you actually investigate. See if you can get references for people requesting the ghost hunt. Um, I think that's really important, especially since... Most of us can't afford to pay for background checks. Ask a lot of repeating questions to the client and see if they change their stories any because that's the big, big red flag right there. Use phrases like, I left my batteries in the car for a good reason to get out of a sketchy house. I have used this one plenty of time. Oh, my batteries died. I'll be right back. Slam the door, drive off. Tell people where you're going and when you'll be back. This is common sense, folks. And if you don't contact them at agreed time, have them call the police and give the ghost hunt address, okay? And trust your instincts. I think that's the big thing. If it doesn't feel safe, it's not safe. And that's what I've got for you today. Just, you know, kind of like a experience dump for you. So if you like this podcast, please go ahead, like it, subscribe it, tell your friends and family about it. I'd greatly appreciate that. Go over to the blog, ghostlyactivities.com, and read up on all sorts of ghosty things, from TV show reviews to equipment reviews, ghost hunting tips and advice, um, true ghost stories that I've experienced, my friends have experienced, or folks have told us about over the years for our investigations. Okay, so with that, have a lovely day. Take care.